fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, man, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. Who's ready, my friends, for the presidential debate? Numero uno for the Republican side of the aisle tonight, the protest from former President Donald Trump regarding the debate. We have Doug Burgum, who's now potentially not going to make the debate stage tonight after tearing his Achilles heel, uh, after playing basketball with his kids just the day before the presidential debate. We have leaked information from the Ron DeSantis campaign where he's apparently livid with some of the information that's come out because it released with some highly sensitive information of his very, quote-unquote, unprofessional behavior behind the scenes on the campaign trail as well, all leading up to debate number one for the Republicans. And, man, we're going to have some sparks fly tonight, both on the debate stage and with that conversation with former President Donald Trump on Tucker Carlson. we got a lot to talk about today. Welcome into the program. Bottom of the hour. We have Richard Lyons. He's author of the book DNA of Democracy. Also, The Shadows of the Acropolis. Uh, we'll talk with him in a little bit. But also, I want to kick it right out of the gate here as we sat down earlier today with a guy who's actually going to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for the presidential debate tonight for the seven or eight candidates, whoever ends up taking the stage as we sat down with Ben Dieter as he is a correspondent for the Todd Starnes radio program and the morning host for the mighty 990 KWAM out in Memphis, Tennessee. He's up in Wisconsin. We sat down with him just a little bit ago to discuss what could potentially happen. And this is what he had to say right here for our coverage and your thoughts for presidential debate number one on The Voice of Reason. Ben, how are you, my friend? Andy, I'm well. I do need to make a clarification. So far, we know there will be eight. Who knows with Doug Burgum, North Dakota's governor, who was out playing basketball, apparently, late last night, taken to the ER because he was injured. It's hopeless. I don't know what is up with these candidates. That, my friend, is not debate prepping. <laughs> that is playing with your young staffers, and now he's in the ER. Fox has come out. He has been released from the hospital, which is great news. But they're not sure if he's going to be able to so we might be sitting this one. That's interesting. I did hear about that. It seems like right now there hasn't been a whole lot of debate prep going on from many of the candidates, and it seems like they're trying to act active. Maybe they're trying to make a pun for Joe Biden for being the lack of inactivity that he has there, but we see Doug Burgum getting hurt. We saw just a video of Vivek Ramaswamy that was out there playing tennis a day or two ago as well with his headline saying, I'm doing debate show prep right now. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're actually sitting down studying the issues, but trying to be the cool, hipster, athletic individuals. And Chris Christie down at the Golden Corral buffet. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy how these candidates are prepping for these debates. I Let me just say, and I know I'm a, I'm a news reporter and I try to be as good as I can. I don't want to see my next president, POTUS, shirtless. Mm. I don't care if you look like The Rock. I Still don't. I mean, Vivek, nice, I guess. You can play tennis without a shirt. You could do more crunches. I mean, my own personal advice, I don't want to see it, Andy. I just don't. 
That's that is true. But come on. I mean, that's the cool thing to do now, isn't it? We have Joe Biden that was riding around on his bicycle with a helmet on. We had Barack Obama that had the sex appeal by walking in with a cigarette in his hand. And then, of course, we have Vladimir Putin that walks around on a horse uh, shirtless already as well. So it's more of the image and the appeal now today as opposed it is to the ideas. Well, I think in the age of digital, Andy, it is people like these retail politicians. So what does that look like? With Twitter and Instagram and all of these other platforms, it does actually look like Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, some of these political consultants for the Reagan era people, they would be rolling in their graves to see this content coming out. I mean, you have RFK. The guy, he got a lot of play off that. And these candidates need this, especially this far out from the actual primary season. They need their name talked about on social media. But typically that will then go be picked up by a cable show. And then hopefully, just hopefully, that reflects in their polling. And a lot of these candidates that will be on the stage, stage tonight, they need some some of that positivity in their polling. Yeah, amen to that. That was a question I wanted to ask you is how do they stand out here? Obviously, Donald Trump right now is dominating still in the polls with near 75% of the Republican Party. And there's an argument, and, and when I had the chance and the honor to fill in for Todd on his program a couple of days ago, uh, we talked about whether he should be on that debate stage or not. And there is an argument to be made for he's a former president. He has the overwhelming majority of the Republican Party right now. We need to encourage other candidates to drop out, consolidate the race a little bit, and put uh, support behind uh, almost an incumbent, so to speak, to try and rally going into the general election. If they're not going to do that, they have to find a way to stand out and start pulling numbers away from Donald Trump. And I don't quite know how they're able to do that. Well, you've heard the joke, I'm sure, and your listeners have. This is really a debate for who will be the next vice president of the United States. Hmm. And maybe maybe just maybe it is now campaign officials with DeSantis coming out telling Fox News Digital that it will be DeSantis who will be the number one target has a big target on his back tonight. It will be the seven other candidates that will come after him because there are only two opponents in this primary. That would be former President Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. But you Trump not being there. He won't be there physically, but he absolutely will be there, Andy. You have Brett Barrett, who's one of the moderators for tonight's debate in Milwaukee, speaking to Politico. I'll read a quote because I think it's fascinating. He said, quote, if he's not there, he still will be there. In other words, he'll be part of the questioning. Yeah. There may be sound bites. There may be elements where this is what the leader of the primary says about the issue, and he will be there even if he's not. So these candidates are going to have to go on record, and many of them have been very so and make the contrast. Here is where the president stands on election interference. Here's what he said. Where do you stand? It's going to be an interesting night. It is going to be an interesting night. And the question is, how do you think those candidates are going to respond? Like you said, if this is the debate for who's going to be VP, how many of them do you think are going to try to buddy up and protect Donald Trump? We saw like Ramaswamy that came out during some of the indictments and said that if he were president, he would pardon Donald Trump and encourage other candidates to do so. But then we have the Mike Pence. We have the Chris Christie's that are out there doing nothing but trying to destroy Trump to try and pull numbers away from him. So uh, when those questions do arise is, oh, should you elect or should you nominate a felon, a convicted felon or, you know, someone who's been indicted with legal charges from the DOJ or however they try to uh, phrase these questions? How do you think these candidates who are trying to stand out for themselves will respond to these things? 
Well, I think they need to look at some recent polling. CBS did a fascinating poll, and I've got it up here. They looked at the GOP primary voters, and they asked the question to these potential voters, Trump's opponents should focus more on what? Making the case for themselves or making the case against Trump? Do you talk about your record, your portfolio and resume, or do you just attack Trump like we've seen uh, uh, Governor Chris Christie do Previously and currently, only 9% of likely GOP primary voters said they need to make the case against Trump. They need to attack President Trump. 91% said, do not attack Trump. That is not going to make us vote for you. You need to make the case for you. Nikki Haley, you've done. Mike Pence, you were the vice president, but what are you doing now? And so I think it is going to be the most difficult, fine line for these candidates, these uh, these hopefuls to walk to not anger these primary voters, but also they've got to go after the front runner at some point or he will remain the front runner. Yeah, that is true. Uh, there, uh, The Biden administration had made a comment saying that all the candidates are going to try and quote out MAGA each other, which I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case because right now they're just trying to demonize the Republican Party. But as you said, Ron DeSantis is the quote unquote front runner on the stage tonight that they potentially could be going after. But I don't know if that's the case. I mean, you've been following the campaigns quite a bit. It sounds like the DeSantis people have been on the decline. His poll numbers have been going down. And in fact, Ramaswamy has been coming up to even come in second place in many of the polls and narrow that gap. When I say narrow the gap against Donald Trump, I mean, it's still within a 30, 35 point range, but right. he's he's got a little bit higher polling than even DeSantis at this time. Uh, who, will DeSantis be the focal point or do you think it's just going to be kind of a level playing field for all the candidates tonight? Well, he, he certainly has to because there is some new polling coming out. The ones in Iowa focusing on those conquer, uh, caucus goers, excuse me, are very fascinating. A new NBC News Des Moines. Iowa Des Moines Register Media Compol, excuse me, found that 42% of likely Iowa caucus goers are still backing former President Donald Trump. And then there's Ron DeSantis. And that's in Iowa where Ron DeSantis has come out and said their game in Iowa is very strong. It's not showing and reflecting in the polls. As I mentioned, Deputy Campaign Manager David Polinsky with the DeSantis came out, said Governor DeSantis will be the number one target. And he is expected to tout his record, his proven conservative record, and pitch a different vision to America and hopefully to reverse America's decline. I think he will target and go after Joe. I was advising Ron DeSantis I would make that pitch as opposed to going after former President Donald Trump. He'll make some not so veiled shots at the front runner, but I do think he needs to separate himself from his record and this declining America led by the Biden and his administration. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. We're talking with Ben Dieter, correspondent for the Todd Starnes radio program, heading up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, getting ready for the bait. Last question for you, and I appreciate your time as we uh, wrap up here. But uh, obviously Donald Trump saying he wants to do an alternative to go against the debate by doing that interview with Tucker Carlson tonight as well. When it comes to ratings and what people are going to be paying attention to, will they be paying attention to the debate and then watching the Donald Trump interview at a later time? Or do you think that the protest will work and that he'll see ratings uh, boom over what Fox News may see tonight for the actual debate with the candidates? 
Well, President Trump writing on social media this morning on True Social that his pre-taped interview with former Fox News host Tucker Carlson will be airing head-to-head 9 o'clock Eastern tonight. He said it will be an interview in which sparkles fly. Those were his words. Very Trump-esque. Now, about the ratings for Fox, this is a tough one. We've known because of Memo's leak that Fox News executives, Andy, have been basically begging, getting on their knees, asking Trump aides to convince former President Donald Trump to show up at the event tonight, and here's why. The numbers are fascinating, and you're in, you're in this business of media. It is all about ratings at the end of the day. Mm. They want him. They need him. If you think about Trump's first appearance, remember that? He came out on the stage back in 15, red tie, stood in the middle of this, got into it with Megyn Kelly. That pulled in 24 million viewers. Yeah. for the Fox News Channel. Now, fast forward to, if you recall, January 2016, when Trump got angry at Fox and Megyn Kelly, said, I'm not doing it. I'll do a campaign fundraiser instead, a rally. They dropped to 12.5 million viewers without Trump, and that was back in 2016. I don't think it's going to be a great night for Fox and its ratings. It's going to be an interesting night for sure. Eight candidates potentially, like you said, taking the stage. We'll see how many actually show up to the debate stage tonight, plus the interview with Tucker Carlson and former President Donald Trump. Oh, how the Republican Party is in for a treat over the next year watching these campaigns unfold and things continue to progress. Ben, we appreciate the time, my friend. I know you're up there and getting ready for this debate. It's going to be a blast. I hope that you enjoy it, my friend. we got to get you back on and do a recap later on. All right. Keep up the great work, Dan. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show, it's always wonderful to have you along for the ride, especially on the greatest day of the week that is a Monday, or not a Monday, good golly. It's not Monday, I promise you it's not Monday. It's a Wednesday, middle of the week. (laughs) Thanks again to Ben Dieter coming on the show. He is a correspondent for the Todd Starnes radio program. He's also the morning host on the Mighty 990 out of KWAM in Memphis, Tennessee. We appreciate him jumping on as he's out live at the debates in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Can you imagine for a second, and this is why, as much as I love debates, and for those that know the show, again, I grew up in high school doing professional debating and went into college doing the same thing. I love it. Every student needs to learn how to do it. And I will tell you right now, students, young kids that are watching the debates, This is not the format in the process for you to actually learn from or take anything away from. I don't know how much substance we will see from these debates. And prime example is how are they preparing for these debates right now? We have Doug Burgum, uh, one of the Republican candidates that may not make the debate because while he was out there training and practicing for his debate, he ended up suffering an Achilles tear 
playing basketball last night with his kids and ended up going to the emergency room. Don't know if he can actually make the debate tonight. We had a video just a day or so ago from Vivek Ramaswamy who was showing a video of him shirtless out on a tennis court hitting the tennis ball over and over and over again with the literal title on top of it saying, hey, I'm doing my debate training right now. My debate study time. I, I mean, that's cool, and maybe you know all your stuff, and I'm, I get it. I'm one of those who did not like to study in school a whole lot, and if you know and see me on the radio here, I don't word out, I don't type up my entire script, I don't know what I'm going to say half the time. We just kind of let it roll because we know the topic we're going to go down and just move on through. So I get not being like all prepared in that sense, but man, maybe you do a little bit of prep. I mean, you are trying to be president of the United States, but have we shied away from policy to celebrity status? And not only celebrity status, but let's take us a little bit further here. Are we seeing now the candidates, are we seeing the movement to try and be the healthy ones, the hot-looking ones, with Vivek Ramaswamy out there shirtless, you know, trying to hit the tennis ball, trying to be all uh, all nice and, and uh, fit and buff and looking cool? We have Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's like a bodybuilder. And if you see him out there on Muscle Beach out in California, working out with these guys, looking ripped beyond belief, which is kind of impressive for his age. That's awesome. Well done. I pat you on the back because I don't look anywhere like that as much as I would potentially like to at some point. That's pretty awesome. There was a headline, and we're going to talk to a guest about it coming up here soon. There's a there's a new movement in the country that says that being healthy is now ultra-masculinity. If you go to the gym and if you actually work out, that's considered ultra-masculinity today, and it's too much on the right side of the aisle. I know. I know. That's kind of wild that if you work out, if you go to the gym, if you try to bodybuild, if you try and look fit, if you try to be healthy, that is a far-right conservative mindset, and it's promoting ultra-masculinity. So, I mean, I get it. They're just trying to justify ways for them to be lazy and eat bong-bongs while they're watching TV all day long and not actually get any energy. And they're like, I don't feel very good. I mean, I get it. It's their way to try to justify their lifestyle. But is this a shot at maybe Joe Biden? Is this a shot at Donald Trump? Is this a shot at that mindset where we have Doug Burgum and Ramaswamy and RFK Jr. out there not necessarily talking about policy, not really studying for policy, but doing athletic things and putting it on their campaign pages and showing how awesome they are while they're out there playing basketball or playing tennis or bodybuilding? I mean, it's a good shot at Joe Biden if that's what you're going for, because Joe Biden can't walk around unless he's shuffling his feet and trips all over the place and falls down. So, I mean, that's a great shot if that's what you're doing. And maybe there is a subconscious level of, wow, at least we can have a potentially healthy president moving forward. But I also want to hear what's in your brain, not just how you look. But I guess that is the trend that we've seen moving forward uh, with the less policy in debates and more of the celebrity, cool, witty responses. Richard Lyons right around the corner here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed, it is Reason, Common Sense, Rationale. It's always wonderful to have the conversation with you on a daily basis. Welcome into it all over multiple radio stations, plus TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. 
Welcome aboard for your midweek celebrations. We just carpe diem all over this place. Uh, so question for you is going to be, what drinking game will you be playing for the debates tonight? <laughs> because it's going to be definitely an interesting show. So we have the lack of preparation for the debates because we have Vivek Ramaswamy out there playing tennis. We have Doug Burgum uh, tearing his Achilles, uh, Achilles muscle because of playing basketball last night. RFK Jr., who's not in the debate tonight, that's on the Democrat side, but out there on Muscle Beach in California, bodybuilding and working out with individuals. Uh, Donald Trump, who's just not going to show up because he's going to be on Tucker Carlson. So the question I have for you is, will you watch the debate or will you watch Donald Trump? It's going to be definitely an interesting night to see how this all plays out. And this is a wild star. Oh, yeah, by the way, then we also have the intel leak from the Ron DeSantis campaign of some internals that one of his super PACs released. They say it was for uh, campaign finance laws that they released it, but apparently shows some very intimate details of his internal campaign and how he responds and how he is behind the scenes where he was not very happy about it. In fact, the media says that he was, quote, livid and did not react to that one nicely. So we have him that seems to be crumbling from internally and from within. He's starting to drop in the polls quite a bit. Ramaswamy starting to take that second place. And again, we got to put that into perspective. When we say second place, he's still with like a 35, 40 point margin behind Donald Trump right now with near 75% of the Republicans still going towards Donald Trump. So setting the stage for debate numero uno is definitely full of drama and gossip, and it's going to be fun to watch to see how it all unfolds going into tonight, which is why we need to shift gears a little bit and go into our latest guest. What's trending today? And I am so happy to have this guy back on. I've loved our conversations, and we definitely need to have him on more frequently than the last time we had him on, which is about this time last year. And that makes me very sad, as he is author of numerous books, including The DNA of Democracy, Volume 1, also Shadows of the Acropolis, Volume 2, along with some really cool other projects that we may have a chance to talk about here in just a little bit as well. Really to have uh, back on the program here, Mr. Richard Lyons. Richard, how are you, my friend? Oh, very good, Andy. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's so good to chat with you. What a world we live in today where a presidential debate is not about the policy of what they stand for, but about how cool they look and how fit they are and how athletic they can be before they go into the debate as they share their personal lives on social media. Kind of a weird world we're in today. Well, I think, you know, maybe as video killed the rock and roll star, it also <laughs> killed meaningful debate. I guess so. I guess so. Now, with eight people on the it's stage. It's very visual now. It is very visual. And with eight people on the stage and with how they format these debates, we don't get a whole lot of content out of them anyways. They get like a minute, minute and a half to discuss something. And I'm assuming that the primary topic will be Donald Trump and the indictments and the state of the party supporting Donald Trump. So I'm not expecting to get a whole lot, but at least we could pretend to like have some good ideas to talk about, can't we? Uh, yeah. I. You know, it's it's... I think it's apropos that you brought up this first subject about everybody being asked about Donald Trump. And what I'd like to see is that fellow conservatives defend the idea that there should not be, it should not be allowed that there is a systemic persecution of a fellow conservative. They should at least say something about all the attacks he has undergone in a systematic way. I mean, even if he's brash, even if he's rude, he's a fellow conservative and his policies are germane to the conservative movement. And he should be defended just as being a fellow American who's undergone uh, utter hell. Yeah. 
Yeah, the question is, when they are asked this, which I think they will be, obviously, tonight, yeah. where do you think they will stand on this issue? We have candidates like Mike Pence and uh, Chris Christie, whose main goal in the race is try to topple over and knock down Donald Trump. Then we have ones like Ramaswamy, when he was getting indicted, that went down to Miami and held a rally and said that if I become president, I'll be the first one to pardon Donald Trump. And he has uh, advocated for all the other Republican candidates to do the same as well. So... Will we see a divide within even the candidates on stage on whether they support Donald Trump through this process or whether they're like, hey, he's full of baggage, he's full of crap, we need to get rid of him and move on? Yeah, I I, um, I would like to see the conservatives close ranks personally because it's about time that that the policy of conservatism has to be paramount and it has to get over the top. And to do that, you have to have a united party. Yeah. We have to turn back the socialism that is that is right at the door of of closing the door behind it and getting into American government to such such an extent we won't be able to get it out. Yeah. It's um it's quite alarming what the administrative state is doing to conservatism over the past eight years now. Yeah. More than that. Since um since Barack Obama came into office, that's fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's been radically more, uh, radically going after them more and more. It started, I, I'll never forget yeah. when the big news hit with George Bush, when the first attacks came out calling him a Nazi, calling him Hitler, and uh, from Ward Churchill, that professor at uh, Boulder University. That was breaking news. Now that's just kind of a new norm of, oh, well, another Republican Nazi's in the office again. It's just common, that's just kind of practical um, language for the Democrat side now. Yeah, it's it's deliberate, it's daily, and um, we've become you know somewhat numb to it. But that's the problem. We have to start um, announcing who we are and standing as a united front for the sake of defending the Constitution. Because as much as they call call us names and all that, every day they're they're eroding the constitutional norms of yeah. our country. Uh, just as by you can take a look at what happened with the Inflation Reduction Act. That just had a one-year anniversary. After the passage of that, this massive $1.4 trillion bill, uh, Biden comes out and says, I want the entire number of our agencies in the administrative state, which are 435, to act upon this legislation to create rules and regulations which further uh, a dictatorial aim of socialism in this country. Yeah. Yeah, it is. They've not only tried to pass that, they tried to pass their Green New Deal. They tried to pass a few yeah. other major pieces of legislation. And and luckily, I guess for our side, we saw um, moderate Democrats actually be the one to sabotage some of these bills. But we've seen the exponential growth of government really since Barack Obama. We see the exponential yeah. growth of our federal budget. We don't go in small increments anymore. I mean, we're taking giant leaps every single time here, aren't we? Well, every bill seems to be over a trillion dollars. <laughs> and this one that they called the Inflation Reduction Act began at, I think it was $460 billion, which is enough. And now it's one, Now they're tallying it at $1.4 trillion. Now, when, what they do, uh, Andy, is they take that amount of budget, lock it in, and then they go to their agencies where no one can see what they're doing and no one knows who's doing it. And come up, I think Biden has already come up with 1,600 regulations out of his office and his agency since he was elected. That's in just two years, two and a half years. So it's alarming the rate uh, that they are at nowadays. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but the number of regulations on the books, which are laws, right? They are laws that didn't go through our representative government. They're laws that came 
out of the administrative state. There's a half a million. Hmm. How do you, how do you abide all that? And I heard that the the average cost to a family of the regulations now in place in America is about five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pick-and-choose legislation. We get to pick and choose yeah. what we're going to enforce at the time, depending on what administration's in office right, right. now. Right, they pass the budget, then they make the laws. Exactly. Yeah, we're talking with yeah. Richard Lyons, author of the book, The DNA of Democracy, also Shadows of the Acropolis, Volume 2. You had mentioned uh, how this is exponentially growing. We see the budget conversation going into September right now, where after passing the uh, the debt ceiling bill back in June, we've now increased our spending another Four trillion dollars, two trillion dollars over the next four years, or I'm sorry, over the next two years, it's two trillion per year. Where <laughs> Joe Biden said, "Oh yeah, look, after our one-time stimulus payment for the COVID-19 stuff that was two trillion dollars, he praised himself for when we didn't spend that amount of money again this last year. He's like, look at that, the deficit's down for the country. Now the new federal budget's going to be that amount on a regular basis." not including additional like we did with COVID-19. What we spent during COVID will be our new norm for our budgetary spending. That's insanity. Well, I think it's what you get when you teach socialism in school instead of math. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe these guys need to learn math. Simple addition. Golly. Yeah. It's it's mind-blowing. Right now we see a near 20% inflation rate over the past three years under Joe Biden. Is there a way to come back down from this, or are we just going to see this continue to climb, do you think? I, I, in my opinion, um, I think because you're spending so, the government's spending so much money and they are throwing so much regulation at the fossil fuel industry, which is literally the way all products move in this country, the way every building is heated and lit. When you add costs to the cost of government and to the cost of such a fundamental commodity, you're going to raise inflation because all prices go up across the board. Yeah. And the more that government takes control of the, of the energy sector, the more energy is going to cost. And that is just a basic in our society. Uh, so, yeah, I think inflation is going to be a big problem. And, and what has to be looked at, Andy, if you don't mind my saying, is the, the debt service on the debt. You were just bringing up you know, what the budgets are nowadays. The debt service is at such a level. It's what, our, it's what the whole federal budget used to be. Yeah. Oh, it's just the debt service. It, it continues to climb. The mandatory category of the spending at the federal level, we're not even allowed to touch. So when we see five, six, seven percent growth on those, and even Republicans are like, hey, can we slow the growth by at least just let it grow two percent instead of six percent? Then according to Democrats, that's a four percent cut. We're all going to die in the streets and we're never going to have any money to take care of the people that are less fortunate in the nation. That's the reality that we live in here today. Richard, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one sure. more segment with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. No Fantastic. Problem. I want to continue this. I want to talk about as well, uh, not only the state of the Republican Party, and you mentioned unity before, what does that unity look like within the Republican Party, but also on the flip side with the Democrats in the face of that Democrat Party, the Joe Biden movement, the RFK Jr. movement, Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama, the other names that could be floating out there going into that 2024 race and how that could curve politics moving forward. All that and more coming up for a Wednesday on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed, we are raising common sense rationale. That's the way we roll here on the program. Last few minutes, and boy, does it fly right on by. We have so much more to talk about and so little time to do it. Right now, we're hanging out with Richard Lyons, author of the book, The DNA of Democracy, Volume 1. Also, Volume 2, Shadows of the Acropolis. You can find all of his books and other cool projects, which we've got to talk about at a later time, too, as well. RichardCLyons.com. You can see all of the cool stuff that you're working on there. Uh, real quickly, Richard, let's talk about the Republicans as we wrap this up and get ready for this debate tonight. You had mentioned Republican unity. I have been an advocate thinking that Donald Trump needs to, even though he's not going to, but needs to be on that debate stage as well as a sign of unity. And even though the moderators will, of course, go after him, even though Chris Christie and Mike Pence will, of course, go after him, trying to tear him apart, that... I think the protest of walking away from it and doing an interview with Tucker Carlson is actually more harmful to the Republican unity than it is actually helping it as opposed to him being there and saying like, yeah, you know what? You guys have no approval ratings. You guys do not have any support. We need to consolidate. We need to work together as a Republican party. Your thoughts. Um, I think that that's true. I think it's also true, Andy, that, you know, you're right with what you said at, at first. This this debate might be all set up by, as persons being able to attack Trump, knowing they're not going to be serious in the election in the primary season anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that's Chris Christie to a T. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, as to unity, I'm, my thoughts are these: the the Republican, the conservative movement, has to unify behind everything that socialism in the in the American. Uh, political system, which is the Democratic Party, what they're attacking, they are attacking federalism. They're attacking representative democracy. They're attacking constitutional law. They're attacking free enterprise. And they're attacking Christianity. These are all the things that our our country was built on. So if we can't unify around those things, uh, can we ever unify? It it shouldn't be a matter of personalities. It ought to be a matter, matter of principles. Well, and we've lost those principles a long time ago because you're right. We're in yeah. very deep, dark, strange times to where all that stuff is very foreign to us. And Republicans do oh so well at beating ourselves up, but we don't do a good job unifying to actually focus on the real enemy, which is the exactly progressive correct. liberal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly which, correct. Which leads us to, in the last couple of minutes that we have here, is the Democrat Party right now. We have Joe Biden, <laughs> theoretically, that's running the country. I think that there's some things going on behind the scenes there. But uh, what does that party look like for the future? We have someone, I think, like RFK Jr., who's trying to bring the party back to some reasonable common sense. And I am a big fan of him. Maybe not all his policies, but he's way more sensible than so many of the other uh, Democrats out there. But we have the potential of a Gavin Newsom jumping in, a Michelle Obama jumping in as well. Where in the world do you think they're going to go in the next couple of years? Well, I, I, I really like RFK Jr. You know what he is, Andy? And I, I get that you like him, too. Yeah. He's a throwback to the, what, what the Democrats were yeah. when, you, when you and I were kids. Um, that's, that's where RFK is. And they're, a, they're aghast at the idea of him uh, even being in a debate because it will show just how far to the left, how, how far to, the, to socialism, has the Democratic Party gone? They should not be named any longer, uh, to my mind, the Democratic Party. They don't believe in democracy or republic, uh, or constitutional republic. They believe in socialism. Yeah. All of their actions prove it. Um, I, I think they've got a, a name that's the opposite of what they are now. 
Um, as to Joe Biden, I, you know, you said he has a problem walking across the room without stumbling and falling on the ground. I've got a problem with it. He keeps getting up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess that if he can't remember his name half the time, I, I'm sure that he has a concern about how he actually runs the country, which is, again, we've never been in a situation like this before. And it's a little strange. No. Uh, last 30 but seconds. I, yeah, I don't think he uh, I don't think he's running the country. Barack Obama has been. Well, and that's why I we had a guest on talking about their um, prediction that Michelle Obama has positioned herself to jump into this race. And if that's the case, that would be two administrations under Barack Obama. That would be another one under Joe Biden where they ran it behind the scenes and then another right. potential one with Michelle running it. They've been running D.C. for a long time. A long and time. Uh, that's a very concerning thing. It is RichardCLions.com. Go and check it out. Go check out the books, Shadow of the Acropolis and uh, the DNA of Democracy. Richard, it's so good to talk to you again, my friend. It's been way too long. we got to get you back on again here real soon. Anytime, Andy. Thank you so much. Hey, always a pleasure, brother. We'll do it again. And so many other projects that uh, you can go on his website and check out. I want to talk about some of the other stuff that he's working on in writing, too. So we'll get him back on and get another update from there. Until then, have fun tonight. Watch the debate. Have fun watching the Tucker Carlson interview with Donald Trump as well on the Tweety. We'll talk about all of it and break it all down tomorrow on the program as well. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.